Hi and welcome back to Happy Dance the podcast. Happy New Year. If you are listening in January, I hope you've had a great Christmas. Um, I don't know about you, but it's felt like a real sudden start to term. And I think it's because where New Year was at the weekend, so we had that wonky bank holiday on the Monday, and then it was boom, start of term on the Tuesday. They felt like there was no like run up to it. Whereas when New Year falls on like a Wednesday, we don't start back till the Monday, so you've got that little little bit of time to kind of plan, get everything in place, but it felt like it was like Christmas, 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 New Year, New Year, start term, and it felt really sudden, which then meant the first week felt really hectic, and I was like, I need to get everything in place, I need to get everything ready, I need to get all these to-do lists done, and so I thought that'd be a good thing to talk about on the podcast, how to start my year with a bang. And I find myself doing the same few things every year. And so I thought it might be helpful to share them and talk about them. And hopefully you'll find it interesting, if not helpful, at the least. Um, The first thing I always do is I plan the year. And that sounds really daunting. Like, oh my God, the whole year. But bear with me. I get a wall calendar. Love a wall calendar. I think they're so underrated. A nice big one, like A3 plus and some whiteboard markers. And I write down everything so first thing I'll do is I'll get some little round stickers and I'll mark out the holidays so I'll put the school holidays on there and my term dates so I know what I'm working with and where I can plan events and then I don't know about you but as dance teachers there's lots of events that happen religiously every year like I know I'm going to do a Christmas show that's just gospel I'm going to do a Christmas show so I put that on the calendar And then if for some reason I haven't already booked it, it's in December and it's January. So I can book it and I know I'm going to get those dates. So I pop that on. I pop, we always do two exam sessions a year. So I pop them on, one in springtime, kind of March, April, March. um, And another one in October, November. So I always pop them on. And then by using the wall calendar, because it breaks the whole year down, I can very quickly see if I've got enough time in that term, if I use that date, because I don't know about you, we always do a mock exam as well. So about a month before, we'll have like a test run of the exam. And especially for our older girls, where their exams are obviously a bit more difficult than the four-year-olds, if they're slacking and not practicing very hard at home, it usually gives them that little boost at the mock to kind of kick up the backside to say, nope, you didn't know that one. You need to go home and look at that exercise because your real exam is in a month and you won't pass if you do it like that. Or, great, you did that one really well, but you need to work on this. Or you could have smiled more or turned out more or whatever it is. So by using the wall calendar, I can really easily see if I put the exam here, the mock about a month earlier here, have I given myself enough time and is it too close to any of the holidays, like a bank holiday or half term or anything like that? Have I given myself enough time either side to get everyone settled back in after the holidays? Or have I put it too close that maybe people are going to go away a little early and then they'll miss the exam session? So I can get all those things factored in and then our big summer show goes on there. Any events that we do religiously, like Easter workshops, Christmas workshops summer workshop, Halloween disco, they all go on the calendar until I've got all these things filled in and you look at the year and go, wow, this is going to be a really good year. And it feels less daunting because you've got all these things already planned in. You're like, oh, that's going to happen. So then that month we'll just be preparing for this and we'll have this run up before we do this. And it makes it seem 
a lot more manageable or to me at least you might think that sounds terrifying but I think it sounds or for me it comes across when I look at it I'm like oh, okay that's there that's there and then if I get a phone call from a care home that wants to come in to perform or a primary school that wants a workshop I can look at the calendar and go right I can't go there because it's too close to the summer show or that's the photo shoot week or that's exam week that's mark that's our dad's dancing day on father's day so we can't put it there I can do this day and then it makes it really easy to schedule things in I also find if you've got staff, it makes it really easy to keep track of their birthdays as well because I can make sure I just transfer them from one more calendar to the other. And then when I look at it every day, I can just go, okay, it's her birthday in two weeks. Let's make sure the kids all sign a card this week. So I've got it all prepped. And it means at a glance, I can just see if I can do things when, pe- when people say, oh, we've got a new competition. Do you want to Do you want to enter? I can go, oh, Yes, we are free that weekend, schedule it in. Also, for my staff, it means that in the January meeting, I can give them a whole list of dates for the whole year that they can then go home and put on their calendars. I have converted a few of them to wall calendars over flip calendars, not to toot my own horn. (laughs) So then they can put it on their calendars. So then when they're planning things, like if they want to go on a spa day for Mother's Day or they've got a birthday on one weekend, they can schedule it in and see what they can make compared to all the events that I've given them what they can make that way as well and so we just find it works so much easier to plan the year in advance even if that sounds like a huge undertaking you'll find that as dance teachers we do so much of the same thing every year like we're always going to have an exam session aren't we if you do exams in your school that is like it's not going to be I, um, we do exams twice a year religiously so I know that every year there is going to be two exam sessions so I can put them on the calendar. If you always have a show every year, you know there's going to be a show every year so you can schedule it in and then it makes the planning surrounding it so much more simple. So yes, get a wall calendar. I highly recommend it. That would be my first thing that I do to start the year with a bang. Then the second thing I always do is my marketing plan because I don't know about you but most of the time I have kids leave at the start of term. Very rarely will I have a kid lead in the middle of term. You might get like one or two. But the main time we lose students is at the start slash end of term. When you send out the invoices, when you send out the messages saying, reminder, we're back next week, can't wait to see you. It's then that you get the messages back saying, oh, I'm so sorry, she's not coming this term. I should have told you earlier. She wants to do horseback riding, gymnastics, karate, whatever it is. So you end up with spaces in your classes. And I always tackle the biggest first. And by that, I don't mean the class with the most amount of spaces to fill. I mean the complete opposite. So the class that only has like two spaces available, say. So for us, that's always Little Stars, which is our two plus ballet and jazz class. Um, I feel like we've cracked the code on it. Every class we open, we can fill quite quickly. Um, sorry, that sounded really arrogant, not to toot my own horn. I feel like we've cracked the code on that age range. So when we have a few spaces, I know I'll be able to fill it quickly. And at the start of term, when say you've had like 30 kids throughout the week, say they're not coming back, that feels really daunting. You need to fill those spaces. You need to make that money back. You need to grow. And everyone, you don't want empty classes. It doesn't have the same atmosphere, does it? So you might have some classes that have like, four kids in them and so then you're like oh my god I've got like 10 spaces 11 spaces however big your classes are 
I need to fill them. I need to get some bodies in that class. And it can feel really daunting and feel like such an uphill battle. I need to get, say it was 10 spaces to fill. I need to get probably at least 20, 30 inquiries to fill those 10 spaces. So then the ones that don't reply to the email after emailing you to ask for information or don't turn up or all these things until you're left with those 10 to fill the spaces to fill your class. It can feel like a real battle. So by picking a class that doesn't have many spaces at all, so like I said, tackle your biggest first. So take our Monday Little Stars. We have two spaces. So I will tackle that class first because once I feel that I'll get that rush of endorphins that kind of little high that it's like yes I can do this I've got this and then when you tackle a bigger amount of spaces to fill it doesn't feel as daunting because you're like I did I did that last class really quickly I can do the next one I've got this and it gives you that little boost because I don't know about you I hate it when they leave (laughs) I try so hard to like put your business hat on and not let it affect you but we dance teachers, we care about our students. So it does hurt when you've taught this kid for the last five years and then it's like, uh, oh no, she doesn't want to come anymore. And it's just as blunt as that. Or even worse, they don't tell you and you have to chase them and be like, we didn't see you in class today. And then, like, oh yeah, we're not coming. And it feels like a bit of a kick in the teeth. It's like, do you respect us that little that you couldn't even like send us a text while you're on the toilet saying she's not coming? Like, it doesn't take two seconds, does it? But I try and not let it get to me, but at the start of term, I'm always like, oh, oh, she's left. Oh, and I've had her ages and et cetera, et cetera. And it, it does hurt. Like, I think you're only human. It's, we do this job because we care. And it's because we care that it hurts when they leave and don't tell us. So when it's the start of term and I'm doing my marketing plan and things, say I've got a class that has 10 spaces, it feels like a real daunting thing to then fill all those 10. So I start with the class that has the fewest amount of spaces to give myself a bit of an ego boost to be like, yes, Lauren, you can do this. And then go from there. And I find that really helpful. And it means that you're like, yes, tick that one off the list. Tick that one off the list. I'm a fan of a checklist, if you can't tell. And so I always try to start with that. So I can start my year on a positive thing. And it's not like, oh, God, I need to find 30 new kids right now. It's like, no, I need to find two to fill that Monday class and then I'll move on to the Wednesday class which has five spaces in that six plus tap and then fill that one and go on and on and on from there so they are the first two things I do after that the final thing I always try and do is think of something that year that I can give up or delegate now you're talking to a person that's worked seven days a week for the majority of her life and I find it really hard to hand off things like when I set up a new class usually I'll set it up once it's making money I'll hand it off to a teacher and then one of my teachers will come in and take that class so I can then grow and keep growing because the aim is to make as many people happy through dance as possible so I have to give that class to them but I find that really hard I spend so much time teaching with a student with with a student teaching with another teacher or assist being their assistant and things while we hand over but then I'm like we've done this month of handover the kids love her she is absolutely fine I then find it really hard to take that step back and let go um one because I'm, I'm awful when it comes to days off if I've not planned something to do like if it's just a sofa day say I can only do so many of them in a row before I get twitchy feet and I have to start doing something or I start making ads or I start 
um, planning new things in class or start making new um, handouts for lesson and things like that. So I know I'm rubbish at it. So every year I try and think of something that I can give up and delegate so I can get some days back. Because another thing is I'm 30. So I'm at that window where if I want to have a baby, I'm going to kind of need to do it in the next 10 years. So I want to be able to have handed over most of it so I know that I can take more of an admin backseat role going forwards. But I know that I love teaching. I love being in the atmosphere of class, being in the thick of it. And I love being busy. So I find it really, really hard. So even now, I only have one full day off. My other, I suppose, half day off, I spend doing admin stuff, businessy stuff, marketing stuff. Because I love it. And I think we're all in this industry because we love what we do. Because it is hard. And passion takes you a long way. So, yes. So this year I'm going to try and delegate tasks or hand over days or give up things that I don't need to do. And even as I'm saying this, one of the things is popping into my head that came back to bite me on the bum. And I'm trying to tell myself that it was just a fluke and I was just lucky because I don't want it to be the reason I don't delegate this year. Basically, one of my admin team, I'd handed over, we needed a new hall for one of our halls, one of our halls, one of our days, because the hall we were in just kept upping the prices for no reason at all. I know there's an energy crisis, I get that, but to triple it within the same term is just rude. It's as simple as that. Like, we've set the prices for the term, we just had to absorb, absorb that cost for the term because they'd tell us on the 31st of the month, that the price was going up next month. And you were like, you've given us no notice at all. It just wasn't fair. So I told them we were looking for another hall because it was ridiculous. We can't afford those prices. I don't see how you can charge them when we open up ourselves. We don't really use the heating. We blast it for maybe an hour at the beginning of the day because there's so many bodies in the building. It heats itself. We're dancing. We're moving around. Um, and also, we don't have a caretaker. We clean up. We we take the bins out. We do everything we you literally just have to pay the beer heating. That's it for the whole for the whole hire. I don't I don't understand how they can kind of justify tripling it. But anyway, I'm getting I'm getting a bit of off point. Basically I gave this staff member the job of finding the new hall. So I gave her a list, I told her the times, I told her the price bracket, I said this is what we need. Our village halls are grey church halls not too keen on like leisure centre halls and things. They always seem very fussy and overpriced for what they are. We just need a nice space with a car park that's close to some schools and that isn't ridiculously expensive. So sent her off. She did inquire about lots of different places and um, but just couldn't find anything. And so we ended up just staying where we were. And it's hard because where we are as well, we're in two different halls for different classes, whereas I prefer to be in the same location all day because it just makes setup and breakdown easier. Whereas I was having to pay for two sets of get in and get outs. So time to set up and time to pack away at two different halls. Whereas if we were in the same venue, we'd only pay for one lot because we'd be getting in the morning and getting out in the evening. So yeah, like I said, left it to her. Couldn't find anywhere. And so when they then tripled it, I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to look. And I must have found us a new hall within a few hours. And I hope, I 
can't be says I was just lucky. She had already inquired to loads of halls, so I knew not to message them. So I was then thinking more outside the box, and maybe I was. She didn't know that church was there or something, but yeah, we found a new church hall, and we moved in this week, and it was lovely. So when I'm saying about delegating, giving tasks, my brain goes to that event and goes, "Well, you can you can do it better than anyone else," and it's not true. My hundred percent might be someone else's fifty percent and vice versa but if they can take that fifty percent off of me that gives me time to do kind of higher value tasks to market to to scout new teachers to scope new venues out to do do all these extra things that I can I know I can do really well that I can't delegate. So I'm gonna try and delegate and let more things go and hand over the reins a bit more this year so I'll keep you posted on how that goes but they're my three things that I do at the start of the year or that I'm going to do this year my main resolution is to delegate and give up more things because I have an amazing team so I should just trust them to do it I do trust them I just think I enjoy being busy but yeah let me know what your news resolutions are i'd love to hear from you as always it's happy dance uk on instagram facebook tiktok everywhere um or message us at happy dance uk.co.uk at hotmail.co.uk have a wonderful week and i can't wait to speak to you next week bye